Today we are continuing in our sermon series, looking at the questions that Jesus asked. Jesus didn't necessarily ask questions to find answers. Jesus asked questions to expand our wondering and our understanding of what God is doing in our lives and what eternity is going to be like. So over the last several weeks, we have been looking at some of the 307 that the questions that Jesus asked or was asked of him. And we haven't even yet looked at the three answers that he replied. We're coming toward the end of this sermon series. Next week will be our second to last sermon series where the author of the book, Jesus is the Question, is going to be here in this pulpit, having done an event the night before. If you haven't yet signed up, we hope that you will. It is free. We just like to know who's going to be there. So today we're going to be looking at a story in the Gospel of John about a healing. This is during this time where Jesus has been very active in his ministry. He has returned to Galilee. Galilee. He has just healed an official's son. And now he is outside of the temple gates. Please listen with me for the word of the Lord. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, called in Hebrew Bethesda, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once, the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, The man who made me well said to me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take it up and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was doing such things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is still working, and I also am working. For this reason... The Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, therefore making himself equal to God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Holy God, you reach out to us, even in our times of stagnation, even in our times of resistance, you continue to work in our lives. You will not be stopped. And so we pray that as we seek to know your truth, that you will open our hearts 
and pour your truth into each of us that we might share it freely with those that we meet. We pray that you will meet us here as we are, speak to us as we are, and help us to be people who see the eternity of your kingdom in the simple things, in the big things, in our hurts, and in our healing. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Healing hurts. Amanda Geyer could tell us something about that. Amanda's addiction had driven her to the point where her husband had filed a restraining order against her. It meant that she wasn't allowed to see her kids. So in August of 2020, Amanda was arrested for violating that restraining order, which resulted in her also being charged with resisting arrest. I was super humbled, Amanda recalled from that arrest. It's crazy for me to say this today, but I am so grateful for that officer who arrested me. She was grateful because that arrest led her to make a decision to become sober. I had huge resentment, Amanda recalled, of that moment. I was just running through my thinking errors, acting on them. Day and night, insanity is where I was at. I knew something had to change, but I just didn't know if I was ready. It was a spiritual healing for me, that arrest, Amanda said. But some might just call it psychosis. When we are in pain, be it emotionally, physically, mentally, we long for healing that will bring our pain to an end. We will pray for it. We will pay for it. We will beg for it. Because our whole self becomes focused on making that pain go away. We believe that if only we could be healed, then that would mean that there would be a stop to our pain. But the process of healing hurts. When we have a gash in our skin, we must endure the repeated tuck and sew of the needle sewing stitches before the wounds can close. If we have a tumor in our body, we must endure the pain of surgery followed by weeks of recovery. When we are ruled by an addiction, we must endure the pain of facing the relationships we have broken or severed, and all at the same time that we are enduring the pain of self-discipline, of creating new patterns that will deny us the very things that have taken the pain away in the past. Healing hurts. And the hurt of healing isn't inflicted only by the scalpels and the needles or by the casts and the physical therapy or by the meeting after meeting after meeting that never stops that intense desire to have one more drink. The hurt of healing can carry on after that moment that we have been healed. It carries on into the moment where we have to, for the first time, place our full weight on that once broken bone. It happens when we have to drive to our three-year scan to see if our diagnosis is still clear. It happens when we have to respond 
to that first invitation by co-workers to meet after work for drinks. Healed people, my friends, healed people are changed people. As we all know very well, change and staying changed can be very, very painful. Perhaps that's why the man in the pool doesn't answer Jesus' question when Jesus asks him if he wants to be made well. We get the sense that Jesus is looking for sort of a yes or no to his question there, but he gets something else instead. Instead, when Jesus asks the sick man if he wants to be made well, the man chooses to tell Jesus why he can't be made well. Sir, he says, there is no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And when I move myself to get there, other people rush ahead of me. See, Jesus, he says, see, my case is special. My circumstances are impossible. There's nothing I can do to be healed. Given the trouble that follows this encounter with the man at the pool, I've often wondered why Jesus did decide to heal him. After all, the man didn't sound very enthusiastic about being healed to begin with. And then, once he is healed, once he is walking and carrying his mat, the man doesn't demonstrate any gratitude. He doesn't even demonstrate a shed of loyalty. Instead, he rats Jesus out to the Pharisees, who use this as just another moment to build a case against Jesus. Pharisees who see not a miracle and a life restored, but only a threat to the rituals that they valued. Healing this man really seems like it was more trouble to Jesus than it was worth. But the truth is that Jesus did choose to heal this man. And he chose to heal this man at a time where Jesus did not heal everyone who wanted to be healed. Jesus not only healed him, but he then followed up with him to make sure that he was able to embrace his healing, able to make a new life for himself. Jesus finds him in the temple and says, see, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you, which I know Sounds a little bit like a threat, (laughs) but it's not. It's really just another way of Jesus saying to that man, this is a fresh start. Don't do the things that are going to bring you death. Do the things that are going to bring you life. The truth is that Jesus did heal this man without him asking to be healed. And the only answer I could think of as to why Jesus decided to do this is because I think that Jesus believes that healing and the change that comes with being healed are worth it, even if it brings more trouble in the end. The new life that comes with our healing is worth the trouble to Jesus. The question is, is it worth the trouble to you and to me? Amanda Geyer, she served 21 days in jail before entering a local treatment program. 
She says that that's when the actual work of healing started. It was really refreshing to be part of something again. She said, I could do life again. Geyer worked her rehabilitation with such vigor that her husband ultimately lifted that restraining order. She goes to a meeting nearly every night. She says her program has allowed her a perspective that she hasn't been able to have for 13 years. Learning to ask for help has been huge, she says. I now get to live life on life's terms. I get to start accepting things the way they are instead of how they should be. She says, we have a lot more in common than we think. Our suffering, our misery, it's all something that can be healed in our spirit, even if it can't be healed in our body. Friends, is there a place in your, in your life and in mine where we need healing, but we are convinced that our situation is so uniquely impossible that we don't believe that there can be healing. Maybe it's a relationship that we have with a friend or a family member that has been so riddled with hurtful words, so stagnated by silence that we don't believe that we will ever be healed from it. Or maybe it's the relationship that we have with work or with alcohol or with some other thing that we know is not healthy for us. But our shame keeps us from facing it. Or maybe it's that pattern of thinking or that pattern of reacting that continually leads us to skepticism or cynicism or anger and resentment. We say to ourselves, that's just how we were made. We can't be changed of that. We can't be changed of that. Friends, where in our lives is Jesus walking up to us, asking us if we want to be healed, only to hear us respond with the list of reasons of why we can't or of why we don't want to be? San Marino Community Church, we can be healed. Jesus believes that our healing is worth the trouble, which is good because healing hurts. Healed people are changed people. Healing people are changing people. And change is powerful. It's painful. So perhaps it's a good thing that our being healed isn't reliant upon the answer that we give Jesus when he asks us the question. To me, it seems like it's a good thing that our healing is in Jesus' hands regardless of what response we're inclined to give. Because that means that chances are that you and me are being healed of something that is in our lives even now. So when Jesus follows up with us, when Jesus finds us in the crowd, living with this new life that he is creating for us, friends, what will he find? What are we going to do with this healed and ever-healing life that we have been given?